Thank you so much for joining us here at the Authenticity Series, The Dandelion Perspective. And this is our number five episode. We started these episodes this year in 2021. And part of the reason, as you've all been listening, is I have been talking to young people. Actually, I started talking to young people last year and they felt they needed to have a platform where they can share their challenges, their successes, and just having a dialogue with the world so that people can really understand what young people do face. Because sometimes we assume we know what they're going through, but really, do we? The youth have been told that they are leaders of the future, but are we listening to them? They are the now. I'll be talking to young people as they share their stories on how they've turned the upside down experiences right side up by being authentic with a dandelion perspective. Also, we do talk to parents on parenting skills and experts will also share their research-based solutions for greater wellness in understanding the youth. We often do talk about the youth, but they're not given a seat at the table. But the Authenticity Series will be giving the youth the microphone to speak up and a seat at the table so that we can understand the issues that they face socially, physically, mentally, and spiritually. When you listen to the, the Authenticity Series, your perspective will change. Today, I am absolutely excited and honored to have, actually, I'm going international, and I am going all the way to the continent called Africa. And in West Africa, I'll be talking to Ifani, and I'm going to ask for forgiveness before I even bring him in because I'm not sure if I pronounced his name correctly. He will tell me if I did. And he is an outstanding young man. He lives in Nigeria and he is, he has words that everybody needs to hear, words of wisdom. And he uses his voice to share what he feels. He wants to see changes in his community and not just in the community, but in the world. I've had an opportunity to listen to some of the things that he's doing. I've done a bit of research and I know he's making an impact in his community. Now, without further ado, I am going to bring him in into the conversation so you can all hear what he's all about, what he's doing, what he'll be doing and what he hopes to do. So welcome, welcome Ifani. And just please Thank tell me you. if I did pronounce your name correctly. I mean, you're doing amazing. Like, I, I thought you were going to butcher it, but you did great. You did fine. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I, am, I am East African, yeah. so I find all the West African names a little more difficult to pronounce, but I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. I mean, pronounce it properly. Oh, okay. Awesome. Great. <laughs> so please tell, tell our listeners what you're all about. Who are you? Okay, uh, well, my name is Ifai. Um, Ifai Chuku is the, the full name, right? Um, so I'm a spoken word artist, I'm a writer, I'm a leadership development speaker. Basically, um, I have a passion for leadership, I have a passion for change. Um, I am a student of nation building. I believe that. Um, when we see problems in our community, 
within our society in the nation. It's an opportunity for us to unleash our potential and make the world a better place. And so basically, that that's what I strive to do. That's what I've been doing. My God, potentials. I try to to meet needs how I can poetry um, with um, a chance to speak to young with my wisdom, with my potential, and all of that. So um, that is who Ifebuaja is. That is what I'm about. So this is me. <laughs> Wow, you've done so much. And uh, tell us about your community. What are the challenges that your community right now is facing, especially the young people? Okay, uh, well, currently right now, and not just in my community, but in, in Nigeria, there's a lot of violence going on. Uh, if you watch the international news and media, you find that there's a lot of um, kidnaps going on. Um, some schools have been shut down and all of that because of the violence and kidnaps and all of that. Young people these days would rather than um, work, would rather go into, into um, unprofitable ventures like, like violence, like calls. Like, um, there's something in Nigeria we call um, Yahoo. <laughs> Not like the Yahoo side, but um, it's, um, what, what do I, how do I explain this now? It's a way to, to con people through the internet of their money, right? And so we have a lot of young people doing that. We have a lot of young people who are suffering from low self-esteem and inferiority complex and all of that. And it really breaks my heart. So what I do is with my poetry, I try to solve this. Um, I just released a book called Peace a couple of weeks ago called How to Love a Broken Country. And um, basically talks about not just the problems that's plaguing my community and my nation at large, but how we can be better people because um, Nigeria is not just an empty space. We make Nigeria, we are Nigerians. The world is not just an empty space. The world is what the world is because we are there. We have, we have um, problems in the world today because there are people who foster that problem. So it means that change will come by people from people rather who act as catalysts to this change. So I believe that we can change the world one mindset at a time, all right? One mindset at a time. So basically in my community right now, I'm trying to cause a change by writing young people together, by lending my voice, by being an example, most importantly, by being an example to um, the young people and to the youth. Mm, wow, that is a, that is very concerning because as a youth, young people, what they should be doing, they should just be going to school, you know, enjoying life. And, you know, exactly. all those challenges that you're facing right now, a lot of the yeah. people here in Canada, we take it for granted. We don't even know, some people don't even know what's happening internationally, which is such a shame. Yeah. And when we hear the news yeah. going on in places like Nigeria, we are dumbfounded. We, we cannot believe such things happen. Now, these children that you, you I mean, you said that the schools are being closed and all that. Are they doing online schooling then? Okay, well, when, when the um, pandemic started, some of the tertiary institutions, some of the universities um, started online schooling, which hasn't really caught on um, nationwide, but a couple of the private universities 
universities are doing that and, and it's working. But for the schools that have been shut down due to the kidnaps and violence, now this, most of these schools that have been shut down are in the north, the northern part of Nigeria. Um, nothing as regards that has been done yet, but we're trusting that um, something like that, the government will set up policies to ensure for online schooling. Mm. Yeah, what is the, the biggest thing that the young people need right now? What would you say is the biggest, like if you had to choose one thing, I know, I know there's several and yeah. it's probably an unfair question, but what is the one, <laughs> one thing that in your opinion you feel would, be, would make it? For me, uh, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say the young people need hope. And I, I believe that I feel that hope has been uh, deeply underrated. And that's because when when someone has hope, he, there is hope brings a certain light, hope brings a certain strength and all of that. I remember back then when we were little and when uh, uh, primary school, uh, our parents would tell us, oh, if you come first this term, I'll buy you a bicycle. Now, so just thinking about riding the bicycle across the streets gives you the energy to want to study hard and hard and hard and hard and beat that person who came first the last time. So we, we've gone through so much so that so much so that even when um, somebody comes with um, genuine, um, not just promises, but with a heart to serve, to make things better, people don't believe that there is anything like good anymore that this person can do this. Why? Because their hope has been quenched, their fire has been quenched. They don't believe in all these things anymore. So you find that in, in our elections these days, people would rather um, take bribes to vote for somebody than actually listen to somebody who came to serve and vote for that person because they feel it's just the same cycle over and over and over again. So if we can ignite that spark, ignite that hope in the heart of young people, because truly young people, we are the um, leaders of tomorrow. We are the people who will take the world to, to tomorrow, the future that we see. And if at this stage in our lives, if at this time our hope is dead, then we will only be repeating the mistakes of our fathers and the mistakes of our ancestors and all. So I believe hope is key. And um, there will be a great price to pay to ignite this hope. I mean, a lot of sacrifices would have to be made and all of that, but that hope has to come alive. Yeah, that's that does make a difference. You're right. As growing up, just the little it's the little stuff that people tell you, and then you see the glitter in their eyes. And I like that that example you gave about a bicycle because even I mean I can ride a bicycle <laughs> by choice, <laughs> but I, I do know that uh, that is such when you're a little little boy or little girl, and they tell you just if you do this this. I know it's a, sometimes it sounds like a little bribery, but it's more like a you know it's, exactly it's inspiration to get you moving. Yes, yeah, inspiration exactly. Yeah. And back home, I know growing up in Kenya, we would always get together with friends, you know, play, you know, all these games, create our own toys. We didn't go buy them. Yeah. We made our own toys. Yeah. And when wow. I look back, and, yeah, that's what we, we did. Like we made like little cars that you can make that here in Canada, I go to the store and they, mm -hmm. you can buy a lot of this stuff. So the creative side wow. kind of loses so much here yeah. growing up because everything you want, you can buy. But when I was growing up, yeah. everything I wanted, I didn't even think about buying. I just thought, oh, I want this. I'm going to create it. 
it's sand castles and all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you become a visionary person, but I suppose as technology yeah. goes, you kind of lose that. Meanwhile, in other countries, yeah, kids like you say, they really need hope. And are, are you in Lagos? Yeah. Is that where you stay? No, well, where people think of Nigeria, the first place that comes to their mind is either Lagos or Abuja. That's right, but yeah. I'm, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in oh. Calabar. That's that's in the south of Nigeria, Calabar, Cross River State. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I tried to learn a yeah. little more last year. My challenge was I challenged myself to learn all the capital cities in Africa, yeah, continent, because Calabar I them... at at one, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Calabar at one point used to be um, the capital city. I know. Oh. Before it was moved to Lagos and then finally Abuja. So when when it's really, the, um, when you speak about tourism, all right, it's one of the first places that comes to your mind and all of that because of the landscape and the greenery and all of that, yeah. So... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's good. We all need to have geography and yeah. understand the geography of the world. Do you know where I am from? Do you know part of Canada? Yeah. Can you can you guess? Uh, um, Edmonton. Uh. <laughs> good one. Yeah. Good guess. I should say either that or you. I did my research. Thank yeah. You. Oh yes, wonderful. Yeah. And uh, how is the uh, how is the weather there right now? Well, it's uh, it's been raining uh, recently. Oh, okay, rain is good. Rain is good, awesome. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about your... The way, the way the weather is over here, it, it could be extremely hot. Mm -hmm. Oh, it can be. Oh, good. Some days, yeah, hot. Yeah. We, we love I love hot anyway. It's, <laughs> it's here to get your vitamin D that you need naturally without having to mm -hmm. take the vitamins. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you are, are spoken. Yeah. You do unspoken poetry. And yeah, I, yeah. I've listened to a lot of this stuff. I shouldn't say a lot. Yeah. I've, I've listened to a few of the things that you have done. Very inspirational, yeah. very insightful. And a lot of it is a. Uh, it can be, of course, controversial as well. If some people listen yeah. to some of it, and but it's also kind of thought provoking. Yeah. Now, when did you start doing poetry like that? Well, uh, okay. So I'll give you a little background story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. So it it started um, years ago. About I think that was 20, 2011. Right, 2010, 2011. Um, I like to tell people that I stumbled upon writing and poetry. Okay, so I remember I I had this meeting one time with a couple of people. So we were done, and then I was uh, waiting for a friend who was going my way. All right, so, but he was talking to somebody else. And at that time, I, I, I just didn't like to um, stay idle. So I took my my pen and my notepad, and, and then I started to write. Uh, I wrote exactly what came to my mind at that time. And when I was done, my friend came and said, oh, you just wrote a poem. And I was like, oh, really? 
<laughs> this is what a poem looks like. And so from, from then on, I began to write. Uh, I wasn't consistent, but I just wrote out of emotion. So something happy happened. I wrote a happy poem. I was sad. I wrote a sad poem and all of that. And then um, thank God for the internet. I stumbled upon videos of um, spoken word artists. So at that time, I, I was what people would call a page poet. All right. So I was just writing in stanzas and all of that. And it wasn't really for performance. All right. So, but I began to watch videos. Uh, I watched videos of people like um, Propaganda, um, Jefferson Birthday, um, um, Ezekiel Azongu. I stumbled upon um, P4C and the Passion for Christ movement and all the events they used to host. And I got really inspired by the spoken word poetry. First of all, by the art. Secondly, by the message and how they were using poetry as a tool for change and growth and sustainability of that growth. And so I began to practice. The first thing I did was to try to score uh, their poems. So I would listen to the poems and try to memorize them and then try to perform them. And um, I did good. And then after that, I decided to try to write my own poems, my own spoken word poems. And also I would pattern my pieces after um, the app pieces. I remember listening to Sully Breaks and when he talked about um, how um, there was a piece about education and all of that. And so I patterned my piece after his. And then now at this time, I was in Lagos. I actually was born in Lagos and I grew up in Lagos. Okay. So um, at this time I was in Lagos, but then I moved to Calabar and then I met a group of young people who were fired up, who, I mean, these guys were mind-blowing, and they were into spoken word poetry and all of that. And then I joined that, that group. We formed a group called J19, a spoken word group, and all of that. And then it's just been upward, <laughs> onward and forward from then. Um, first of all, it was amazing because I had a group of people who thought like I did, who were creatives, and all of that, and we did spoken word together and poetry. And, um, but from then, it grew to something bigger. We wanted to use poetry as, as a means for change so our voices can be heard. And it was quite difficult then because at that time, in this part of the world, uh, poetry wasn't really popular. I mean, it wasn't really popular. So when, when an event is, is being organized, people are thinking of people who would sing, people who would dance, people who would uh, probably rap, or something, but we're, we're not thinking about people who will do spoken word poetry. So we had to start the campaign ourselves. You know, when I was younger, I, I thought I didn't have any skill. <laughs> I thought I didn't have any gifting because I had friends who are amazing singers. I had friends who could draw. I had friends who could play the guitar. By the way, I learned how to play the guitar anyways. <laughs> I had friends who could dance and do amazing stuff. But I, I couldn't really find, I couldn't sing, I couldn't draw, I couldn't play the guitar at that time. I, I'm not really a great dancer, you know? So I thought there was nothing really I could do. And then I find that I could write and then I find I could do poetry. And then guess what? Poetry isn't popular. <laughs> Nobody yeah. will actually really pay, pay to hear you. So we had to, we had to, um, we had to make ourselves heard first with our art and secondly, um, with, with the message that we had. I, I think if you ask me how we did that, I'll say that the problems plaguing our society was one way because we just had to speak up 
I just had to speak of, we, we had to organize small events by ourselves and talk about these things. We would just go to the streets and do poetry. I mean, we just gathered, we, 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 we literally fought our way to radio stations to do poetry <laughs> and all of that just so that we could be heard. And so, um, and right now in my, in my community, just in the past month, um, myself and a group of people have been in the process of setting up um, a regulatory body and association for spoken word poets in, in Nigeria. And um, um, so that we, we promote art and poetry and protect the interest of poets in, in Nigeria. And, and recently I was just elected the president of that, that association. It's called Poetry Entertainment Nigeria Guild. Yeah, so there's a whole lot of work to do and, and all of that. So that, that's my journey, basically. Wow, that's amazing. And that's how I think sometimes things happen that way without being planned. That's when it really happens yeah. effectively. Because sometimes when yeah. you're dreaming something, you're trying hard and you're disappointed and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not meant to be this way. So I think accidental exactly. talent are always one of the best ones. Because then you start yeah. doing a little more study and seeing, oh, this is a talent or skill that I was meant to have. It's basically you found your purpose by accident. Yeah. But maybe you, yeah. you owe your friend. <laughs> your... <laughs> I do. <laughs> are you still friends? Or yeah, you... yeah, we're still friends. Oh, you're still friends. Okay, because sometimes you kind of yeah. grow apart because of distance yeah. or because of different things that exactly. you're doing. That's great. What a great story. And you've done yeah. your poetry that you that you shared with me was actually very inspiring. Now, do you want to share a little bit of it? Just maybe like I like the one about how to love a broken country. I think that's the title. How to love poetry. A okay, so yeah, that's that's the one I just I just recorded. You want me to do that? Yes, please. Yeah. So we can have firsthand <laughs> what it sounds like okay. and what it's about. All right. Okay. So um, because of the way the piece is structured, I, I featured somebody in the piece. So I'll probably just do um, the last part of the piece, which is... Uh, yes. The, the yeah, we don't want yes, you to I'll say just... everything. We want to leave a little bit of suspense <laughs> so that people can have a snippet right. of it and then they can hit your Google so you can get a little more views from it. So go ahead. And I, I'll also post awesome. the link is. All right. Thank you very much. All right. This is how you love a broken country. You cup its sands in the whole of your palms. You lay to rest on your chest. You vow never to be too far from the place of your birth. You swear that your blood will nourish its thirsty soul and your bones will till its lands and strengthen its feeble needs. Then you will sow, plant seeds in the heart of your countrymen to never lose hope and pray. You will pray that these seeds bear fruit. You will pray for a harvest. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. I love so that's, that. So that's, that's the last, yeah. That's the last part. That's the last yeah. part of the piece. Yeah, the last lines of the piece. And also yeah. it's, on, it's, on, uh, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, it's on YouTube Music, it's on Tidal and Teaser, it's on uh, Amazon, I think, yeah. yeah so. That's wonderful. And are you, yeah. I, I think I do have the link that I'll, I'll use definitely to share with our audience that are listening. No, that is beautiful. And Thank I've you. been fortunate enough just for our listeners to listen to the whole entire, the whole, the whole thing. Like when you speak and yeah. it's very visual and you really, 
And I believe you have another person. You start off with a lady saying something, and then you carry on. Yeah, and you basically yeah. answer her question. Yeah, and it was basically a conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so powerful because it's not just you randomly talking about it. You yeah. start off with somebody asking you a question. And this is the answer. This is how you could love a broken country. And the thing about yeah. that particular poem, I feel like we can all relate to it, especially somebody who's maybe been in a broken heart situation. Maybe they felt unloved and they feel broken. Yeah. So it's not just a country. I think it's so relatable to us as, a, as people, exactly. ourselves. Exactly. So I think everybody, whoever listens to it, and I hope all of you do, will get this message that you can just relate to it is not just about a country it's about the message yeah. itself so when yeah. people listen to it use it and see what impact it has to you or for you or share with the world because this is a message that we all need to to listen to especially during this pandemic where or isolated yeah. we feel like oh am i the only one in this cocoon but no we're all going through the same yeah. thing we say the same exactly. boat but we have different battles to fight that's the only difference so for you being a young man like yourself, I'm sure you've had yeah. successes and you've had failures. So what, what is yeah, one yeah. of your biggest failures and what did you learn from it? Uh, I'd say um, second guessing myself. Um, yeah, so this is one of those um, failures I would say that um, gives birth to a whole lot of other things. Yeah, so when I was when I was um, in my teen years back in Lagos, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, um, so I used to second guess myself a lot. So I suffered from low self-esteem and inferiority complex. So when when back then in church, when there was something that needed to be done, I would always shy away. Um, when um, they needed um, somebody to do something, to give responsibility to, I would always um, shy away. So it, it stopped me from growing, stopped me from, because I, I didn't want to fail. I, was, I didn't think I was good enough, first of all. And so I didn't want to, to take the risk to see if I could try. So I never did try. And um, but for some awkward reason, you know, people would just look at me and feel like, oh, I feel you can do this. And I feel um, you have what it takes to be a great leader. So they would always give me stuff to do and all of that. I remember the first time when, I, um, I started to learn how to play the guitar and then I was asked to play in front of a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people. Mm. So I started to play the guitar, I was on stage, the spotlight was on me, and then I was playing and I was supposed to um, sing the lyrics of a particular song. Now remember, I'm not really a great singer, so <laughs> I was supposed to, to sing, so I began to play and then... I froze. I mean, this wasn't dress rehearsal. This was the real thing. And I froze. I froze. And I got up and, and, and I ran away. I was on stage. And so um, I've had a couple of experiences like that. And I told myself, I will never do this thing. And I will, I will never do it again. So, but um, I, I, so basically that was um, second guessing myself. And then fear, the fear of failure. All right. So the fear of failure has kept me from doing a whole lot of, Things. I'll give you one more example. So mm-hmm, I, I graduated from um, secondary school and then I was going to get into the university. Now, my, my grades were good. The only thing was I had, I had a pass in math, mathematics. Now, um, 
in Nigeria, you have to have, um, aside from your other grades being good, you have to have at least a credit in English and maths to be able to get into the university. However, there are some private universities that could accept a pass in maths. Okay. So, but my parents, especially my mom, being who she was, just wanted me to get in clean and all of that so that you don't get to maybe um, your final year, your senior year, and then you have issues and all of that. But guess what? I So for me to get um, at least a credit in math, I had to write the um, West African Examination Council exams all over again. At this time, I graduated secondary school, but I had to take the exams again to improve my results. But um, Harriet, I spent um, three years not writing that exam, which means I could not get into the university just because I was afraid that if I, since I failed it the first time, what was the guarantee that I wasn't going to fail it again? So um, I didn't write the exam for three years. So I was at home oh. <laughs> for, for three years. And, you know, eventually I summoned courage to write it. And I mean, the results were better than the first time. And I was wondering, I mean, why did I just do this <laughs> ever yeah. since? And, you know, I've, I've seen other situations where the fear of this thing just cripples, cripples me. And, but I have to constantly remind myself, all right, that um, there's something I, I always like saying. I, I tell myself that I have to do it afraid because courage Courage doesn't mean that there is no fear. Courage is just the fact that despite the fear, you, you do it. And so you do it afraid. So, um, so yeah, for me, it's fear and doubting myself. That's one of the things that I would say has held me back and all of that. You get, um, I, had, I have a friend who, when we started doing spoken word poetry together, he, he didn't really grow as much as we did because he thought we we're all better than him. So he didn't even try and all of that. So... But, but now I thank God it's mm -hmm. better and, and all of that. He doesn't have that mindset anymore. So for me, um, one of failures is, is fear because it gave birth to a lot of things. It made me lose time, all right? Time, time that I would have gained improving, growing, and doing amazing things and all of that. So, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. So you, you took three years and you kind of uh, shy about writing it nervous what exactly yeah motivated you motivated you to finally say okay i gotta do it i gotta do it okay so um in the space of that three years a lot of things happened i connected with people who believed in me i connected with people who saw my potential more than i even did i i connected with, with amazing people really amazing people people who had wisdom i connected with young people who were doing amazing things and i thought to myself I mean, I was inspired. So I thought to myself, why, why can't I do this thing too? I mean, I, I didn't just meet people who were doing amazing things with their, who, were, who, who had art, okay? So, because I knew people who could sing, who could do all of that. But these people were changing their little space with what they could do, with the little they could do. You know, you know this, this uh, popular song, um, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. So, I mean, so um, these young people I knew were, were I mean, they were catalysts for my growth. They were doing amazing things. And so I just got inspired um, in my little community. I had friends who used to, we used to pray together. I had people who just used to 
have a particular friend. Uh, I plan to do a spoken word piece with him. <laughs> He's in Lagos. His name is Misan. And uh, we just used to um, sit together and write songs and play the guitar. By the way, I'm an amazing songwriter. <laughs> so we just used to um, play the guitar and write songs together and um, just talk about our future and the things we want to shape, the things we want to do with our ideas. And all of these things um, motivated me. Um, people who were around me were doing amazing stuff. And one of the things that really motivated me was, now, this is my friend, Nissan, I just talked about, when in the same secondary school. Actually, he was my junior. And then he had the same issue I had. So he finished and he needed to improve his result. And he did it immediately. And I'm like, I mean, he didn't have any issues. So I was motivated by the fact that this guy is younger than I am, had the same issues with me, but he took the courage to um, write the exams and all of that. But beyond the exams, for me, it was, I was dreaming again. It was an opportunity for me to dream again. And so I think that having the right kind of people around you, and not just for you, having the right kind of people who can cause a change in a society, I think is, is very important. People who believe in, in us, people who believe in our society, no matter how bad it gets, is important to the growth of that person or that, that society and, and that nation. Wow, that's wonderful. I, I do love how you kind of, how you put that, the, the whole thing together. And I love that this little light of mine, I'm going to make it shine. That's, a, I believe it was Harry Dixon in, in the 20s that, came up with a song. It was really meant for young children, but I believe yeah. it's theme for, I think, most of the civil movement and anybody who exactly. feels like the light is too small, just let it shine. So I really do. Yeah. I, I love what you shared with our audience. That's powerful stuff. And I, I know that in life, we should always surround ourselves with five people in our lives. And that's a yeah, cheerleader. Somebody who's going to cheer you on no matter what. Number two is a mentor. Somebody who just gives you the right direction, doesn't tell you what to do, just shows you the right path. You also need a yeah. coach who's going to give you tough love and tell you, no, 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 don't do that. You need to do this instead. You know, you need a coach yeah. in your life. You need a peer, somebody who's in your own, if you're, let's say, an accountant, you need that peer in your, in, in a, whatever field you're in. And then mostly yeah. you need a friend. So it sounds yeah. like out of all those five, you kind of had a few of them in your, in your life that yeah. really you lifted you up when you're down and maybe stretched their hand for you when you're falling down. That's great. That's such it's so yeah. important to surround yourself with people who care. Otherwise, if you don't, you really end up staying down for much longer than you should. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I could talk to you forever, and I know we're almost running out of time. But uh, yeah. before, I, <laughs> before I even ask my very last question that I always ask my audience, my guests, okay. they're not audience, even audience, yeah. Except they don't respond <laughs> back if I ask them. <laughs> or exactly. I can't hear them. Um, what is is there something that you'd like to share with me that I didn't ask? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, I I knew you were going to ask this question, but I, I somewhat forgot along the line because I've been following your podcast. <laughs> you always ask this question, <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. Okay. So um, some something I'd like to share. Okay, so I'll keep it um, at something because like you said earlier, there are a lot of things I could share. Um, okay, it's, it's the fact that, so remember I said that growing up, I thought I didn't have any skill or talent. 
and you know fast forward to now i discovered that i'm actually multi-talented you know um so i i i, I do spoke on poetry i i write uh um, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur i'm a leadership development speaker i every every week i speak to a community of teenagers every saturday and just inspire and motivate them and and all of that so for me i i'd like to say that that one that fear we should keep fear at bay all right like you said by having people around and some of the issues well one of the main issues plaguing multi-talented people is that they truly haven't discovered their core so somebody can sing somebody can dance somebody can write all right but he doesn't know which is the cause so he's he's just all over the place all over the place um in nigeria we say um we want to blow we want to hammer that simply means that um we want to um be very successful and make a lot of money so when you hear in Nigeria say I want to blow, it means he wants to make a lot of money. So basically, um, so these multi-talented people keep looking for that one thing that can make them successful. So they jump from music to um, dance to this and all of that. So for me, I had that issue, but I discovered that when I realized, when I found purpose, when I realized what my core, all right, was, every other thing falls into place. All right, so I write songs. I've written a couple of songs, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be a musician. All right, um, I've done a whole lot of stuff, but realizing what my core is, okay, um, which is um, writing, leadership, and and all of that. Every other thing falls into place. I've written songs that became theme songs for certain events and all of that. Um, when I speak. And all of that, my, my poetry comes in when I talk to young people and inspire them. So I just want to say for somebody out there who um, really hasn't found his or her footing and doesn't really know what he or she could do, but you can do a lot of things. For example, you might really have a nice smile. And, um, you know, I think find what is your core. There's a, when, when, I, when I teach um, couples and leadership, one of the thing, questions I ask is, imagine you were invited to a conference a one-week conference and you're told that you have seven days to speak one hour for each day and you could speak on anything i mean what will you tell the people i mean you had the liberty to choose what you would tell them and what, what will you tell them pour your heart out to them one hour for each day so you have seven hours to speak to young people at this conference and so if you really look deep and find out the things that you have a passion for, the things, and you write those things down, you find out that these are the things that you have a passion for. And from there, it can begin to, to guide you. Because I feel, I feel like a lot of us miss it because we haven't found what our purpose is. We haven't found what we're made for. So we just go with the bandwagon, you know, just however it goes and all of that. But when you discover yourself, I know it will make a whole lot of difference. Wow, what a great message. Wow, I can see why you're a poet. <laughs> wow, yeah, you got some wisdom there. And I do like that exercise that you challenge people to do because it's important. You, we all need to find yeah. out for, for sure. Wow, excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much. Now, my other question is, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, okay. So, um, so I'm, I'm on 
I'm on social media. I'm on um, Instagram. My Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are all the same. At Ifanya Aguazia. Aguazia is spelled A-G-W-A-Z-I-A. So on Instagram, it's Ifanya Aguazia. One word. One word. I-F-E-A-N-Y-I-A-G-W-A-Z-I-A. On Facebook, it's Ifanya Aguazia. On Twitter, it's um, Ifanya Aguazia. And then um so i've written a whole lot of stuff but i recently just started recording and all of that so um harry like the video i sent to you um the first time um i'm going to be doing a recording an audio recording of that very soon uh i actually plan to talk to you about that later okay mm -hmm. so but i'm getting into the studio to to um do something else so you could check out um my stuff the only thing i have released to the market right now is is how to love a broken country so you can get that on all the major streaming platforms spotify apple um youtube and and the rest of them but if you connect to me on instagram send me a message i definitely would reply and all and you know we could talk oh, that's wonderful yeah. that's one thing i need yeah. to work on is my instagram but we can talk that later <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah. Are, thank you so much for that my last question I All right. know what the question is. <laughs> what does it mean for you? What does being authentic mean for you? Okay, being authentic for me means um, being true to yourself, um, being real, being the best version of you because there is nobody like you really. Even if you are a twin, you are totally a different person from your twin or your sibling and all of that. So being true to you, um, allowing yourself to express everything all of your potential all of your ideas I, I believe life is a platform for us to contribute and share ideas and see them come to fruition so being authentic means being original being you and being you might not always be the popular thing might not always be um, um the trending thing okay so but be true to yourself release your original ideas don't be afraid to to fail don't be afraid to fall when you fall you stand up you do it all over again all right so um, but be you. you. You might stumble on the way to finding you. You might um, fall, okay, but um, that is how you discover who, who you are. So being you is being true to you, being um, original, um, allowing everything God has put on your inside to come out. And by doing that, you would find it. It's a whole, it's, a, it's an experience, trust me. Finding yourself is an experience. So um, just be true to yourself. That's what being authentic is to me. <laughs> That's a great answer. Don't think I've ever had anybody get that detail. That's great. I think people usually <laughs> are shocked when I ask them or they're so unprepared. They're like, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> so that's a great <laughs> I feel like you could have written a, a book on being authentic. <laughs> and yeah, why not? I think you should write a book on being authentic. I, I mean, it'd be amazing. <laughs> It is a great answer. So I really do appreciate yeah, what, uh, is there a last message you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll say that um, in, in the country where I come from, um, one of the things that people complain about a lot is the government and corruption, how the government is not doing this and that. And we have a lot of people who are political analysts, not by profession, but by how much they've been able to complain analyze everything going on in the country, but they would never take the steps to um, cause any change or probably even run for office. 
they would they would never never ever do that um so rather rather than complain uh add your quota make your contribution um stop adding the problem we know all of the problems wrong with our country and our nation so what we need is solutions what we need is ideas what we need uh are people who come together and make things work so rather than stay um by the sidelines and complain and whine why not um do something do something with what you have either your voice or your hands whatever it is you can do and so for me one of the things i'm doing is to um, one of the ways i'm doing that is to use um spoken word poetry and also um the next piece i'm going to be having out is called um dear uncle and it basically speaks to um um every parent figure every guardian who has refused to take responsibility to be an example to his or her child or her word and all of that and just um it's like a letter it's like a letter to this guardian and to also inspire inspire people so yeah so that that's what i have to say really oh wonderful it looks like you you're still planting that seed because i can see growing every time i ask you a question so you are making such an impact in the world so thank you for those yeah. messages and just thank to you. give you uh, to give my audience a summary of everything well, i can but uh, just a highlight you have been yeah. such a big impact in the community and one of the biggest message that i got from you is change the world one mindset at a time it is something yeah. that everybody needs to know about young people need hope so you are doing that by sharing your messages talking to people making an impact one person at a time and everybody stop second guessing yourself because if mm-hmm. you do you're not going to achieve what you want in life it is so important mm-hmm. keep fear at a bay because you know keep it on the sidelines you don't need it stop complaining complaining is an attitude disease so stop 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 being a complainer take that complaint put it on the sidelines and let it sit there and move action is important and not just action but progress and action are the same thing so continue doing that i want to thank everybody listening to us today wherever you are in the world good morning good evening good afternoon thank you so much for joining us in the authenticity series the dandelion perspective my guest today if ifani has been yeah ifani <laughs> Yeah, oh good, I pronounced the name correctly. Has been such a great impact and has shared so much with everyone. So hopefully you listen to this and listen to it again because you have this is the kind of episode where you can't listen to it once. You will need to listen to it again because there's a lot he said that you really need a piece of paper next time if you listen to it the second time and write it all down because his message is valid and it's one that we need to hear especially during this pandemic time. Thank you everyone. and bye for now thanks for finding